Hey, what's up all you addicts out there? Welcome to the Addicted Fishing Podcast. Man, it feels like it's been a really, really long time since we've come at you. It's only been months. I say, well, that's because it has been. Because we suck. <laughs> We're sorry. And I know a couple of you personally have been mess- like literally messaging me every week asking for a new podcast. So here you go. We finally got a new podcast, and I can't tell you that we're coming at this one with more consistency because after today, Cam will be bailing for like 60 days straight. Yeah, but I'll make it back on Wednesdays. It's important. I know a lot of people like to talk the salmon fisheries that are going to be going on and kicking off here. Hopefully, by the time you guys are listening to this, we, we are sitting here in the podcast studio eight days out from the August 1st Buoy 10 opener. But man, I mean, before we even get there, we have a lot of stuff going down. We yeah. have We've been at ICAST in Florida. We caught some tarpon. Well, there's been I mean, Addicted Alaska came out. All that, of it. That little thing. We haven't done one of these in a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, we did. Addicted Alaska Winter Chrome Blend 2 came out. If you guys didn't know, we've been doing a couple premieres. We did one in Portland. Thanks so much to everyone that came out and supported that. And then we also just did one at Sportco in Fife, Washington. <clears throat> Another great time. Thanks so much to all the addicts that came out and supported. We appreciate it. And now we have announced... That July 31st, we're releasing it on YouTube. What day is that? Bum, bum, bum. Is that a Wednesday? I'm not sure. I hope it is because I just had this thought that would be really, really cool to do. It is a Wednesday. Dude, you know what we do? We announce it during the live feed, and when we get done with the live feed, we do a big watch party. Yeah. For the Because on YouTube, you guys, even when you're watching something, when we premiere it, you know what? I mean, chat with people. Yeah, that'd people be fun. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. So I'll come, plan I'll come on back next week. July 31st. That's next week. That's a week from today. Is that really a week, from, a week today? from today? Holy crap. I got to get Sean on that. I want him to change a couple things. <laughs> Anyways, guys, but for this podcast, though, we are going to be talking about Buoy 10 and the big kind of, B. Kind of the big B. Buoy 10. Uh, you know, honestly, it's uh, for a lot of anglers out there, a lot of beginning anglers, it's definitely going to be the first taste of salmon they're going to see in the fall if they haven't been participating in the ocean fisheries. But man, it's a, as my buddy Cody likes to call it, it's a 40 square miles of nothing but river currents, big waves, nasty weather, and ever-changing conditions that change with every single tide, every single day. Because obviously, you know, the tides get later, they get bigger, they get stronger, they get weaker, softer, more fresh How many years have you been guided down at Bowie 10? So this is my 15th year guiding, and it's been my 10th year just guiding Bowie 10. Guiding. So, like, not... But but you fished it a little bit before that, obviously. Oh, a lot before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, everybody has. And that's one thing. It's kind of the... It's one of those fisheries that's... I would say it's kind of like... It's almost like playing poker. Like, anybody can go down to Bowie 10 and fish and, and play the game, but only a very small percentage of people do it really, really well. And they can produce consistent results on tough tides. I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's buoy 10, right? There's days where it don't matter what you do. You put it in the water column. You get it halfway around a fish. You're going to catch one, right? But there's a lot to it. because Those are the days I like to go down there. (laughs) I think those are the days even I like to go down there. But there are days I wish we could say down there in that fishery, you know, every day is not like that. You got big tide days, nasty weather days where you're, forced to fish areas that you don't necessarily want to fish or because that time of year because the fish aren't there because the tide's not right but you're forced to fish it just because of safety and because of rough water you know and then there's also times of year that you know you can't keep chinook but you want to target coho you know and so you got to play those tides and and it's like i said it's like cody said it's a 40 square mile area so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about kind of getting into that fishery and uh just like i said just kind of what it's about yeah. just kind of a quick nuts and bolts yeah 
I'm excited. We just had a live feed talking about it, and like I definitely think we need to have some more because we we need to do some more. Like we oh, there's do a much, lot more to talk about. Yeah, we yeah. need to do much gear breakdown, so we need to go oh, more yeah. into gear breakdown. If we wanted, a, we wanted a true buoy ten live feed. It better be about five nights for about eight hours, eight hours a day. If you really, <laughs> yeah, right, really want it, but that's what you pay. And we'll do for. it. Yeah. We'll do it out of a RV. Yeah. <laughs> that way yeah. we feel like we're there. What else have we had happen? Well, we did go to iCast and something really, really exciting happened. We released our very oh, that first thing? That thing? must add products with a lot more in the works and to come. But we're very, very excited about these first products we launched. We had a Hoochie twitching jig that we're calling the Setback Hoochie. We have a regular twitching jig that we're calling the Tail Out Twitcher, which. <clears throat> Is using a material kind of like a fly fishing material, but it's it's proprietary to Mustad, and it is it's got pretty so incredible. much body. And one thing we learned when we filmed the very first uh, Addicted Alaska One movie is we got video of Coho literally sucking up these damn Dolly Lava flies mm -hmm. on the bottom, and there was some attributes to that fly that we put into these twitching jigs. Yep, just how much body they have, how much life they have, even when they're sitting still. And obviously, with a twitching jig, as most of you know. The more movement, the more action you can put on that thing, and the more it looks alive, the more the coho want to kill it. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. No, super exciting stuff there. The whole line coming out. We've also come out with some heavier twitching jigs yes, too. Which, which is what I'm really excited about, and I think a lot of other people are as well. Not only because I've used jigs for Chinook a lot, and I'm super excited to have a heavier jig to fish for Chinook, like Springers and Fall Chinook. Love to munch on those. But also, like Cameron talks about, sometimes you're fishing these holes that are super deep. you got to get down there. Just having a heavier jig, being able to tech the bottom better, being able to have that, that jig pick it up and actually fall at a faster speed, to me, it just entices way more bites. Like those fish just can't handle it when it's flying right by their face like that. Right, yeah. and the size profile from like even like the one ounce or the three quarter ounce to a half ounce isn't that much different. No. Like so, like at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're detecting the bottom a little better. You're getting it down a little deeper and faster currents. You're getting a faster drop too, which I think sometimes is super important. Yep. It's all about the drop when yep. it comes to twitching. Exactly. So, like I said, guys, there's some great attributes to these twitching jigs that aren't out on the market that can't be out on the market, especially with the body. When you see this stuff like moving around in the water and in the sunlight and natural light, it just looks ridiculous. Dude, we were doing <laughs> it this weekend so, when we were yeah. stealing fishing. It's crazy. We tried to film it. I'm like, get over here, like, put the camera on that. And you. It's hard. You need to look at it, like in the yeah, sunlight, and just right. look at it with your eyes. Like it's it's incredible. So anyway, we also have our own steelhead jigs. As you guys know, if you've fallen addicted forever, steelhead fishing's kind of been our passion, been something that we've always done, just gone around chasing steelhead in all different areas. And something that we've always used is a single beaded rabbit fur jig. So what we did is we took the single bead rabbit fur jig that we've used forever and loved and we took that same material that we were just talking about that we used on the twitching jig and we incorporated it into a single beaded jig. Cameron came up with a super cool name, the Sink It series, which I think Sink is it, awesome. Bra. I think don't, that's an don't awesome say it name. like that. If you ever say it like that, to me, <laughs> but it's got a nice unquote. big it's got a nice big hook on it and you guys know how we like to Put a little extra meat on those jigs when you're fishing them. So you, you got a nice big hook profile to be able to do that. The material has a good body and it holds a really, really good body in the water. It just sits there and freaking moves. And it doesn't get, it doesn't, so like if you apply sense to it and you do like, and you apply like bait to it, it doesn't, it's not, it's still not like perfect. It's not like a true, 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 true something. Like it will still kind of gum up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but, but not like but a rabbit not fur like or rabbit something. Fur. Yeah. Way better than rabbit fur. Yeah. I mean, substantially better. Exactly. 
Exactly. And then we had a walleye jig as well. We worked on that with TJ Hester on the east side. No so we did a walleye. Basically, it's like a spinner jig, so it has a propeller on it. And as you drop that thing to the bottom and pull it up, that propeller spins. But the kicker that we did was we also offered this trailer hook on there that you can house your night crawler on and catch a lot more fish a lot more hookups and, and there's some attributes even to that jig too that aren't you know that are on the market that a lot of it like you know and like i'll be honest with you i mean tj he's he's freaking a walleye yeah. master and you know there's a lot of jigs out there and there's a lot of spinner jigs out there but at the same time there's some that are missing certain attributes that this jig has that overdone and and honestly on the tough days and on big fish and blah 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 he thinks it makes a difference, yeah. and like I said, when it comes to wall jigs, we're going to listen to TV. <laughs> exactly. On it, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that little bit of flash on there is going to put a, a whole new A little bit of flash edge. on there is right from the Dolly Lava twitching jigs. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That little bit of flash, and that we put that same thing in the coho jigs. Yep, it's it's going to be. Now, talk about what's the last product that I'm missing, Jordan. You're missing. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> the addicted floor, my friend. The addicted floor. Yes. Absolutely. And I know a lot of you addicts out there are oh, freaking begging for this thing. And we just been trying to work on it and make sure it's right and dial it in. The idea with this float is it's a system. So it's the addicted float system. So you're going to get your float. You're going to get a nice little selection of weights. You're going to get your surgical tubing, your O-rings. And you're going to be able to take this float and use it in multiple different scenarios. You're going to be able to buy one float, fish it in a riffle, fish it in a slow water, fish it in fast water, fish it in deep water. Jordan's been using it for trout, in fishing in the lake and in the ponds. Like The thing really does, it is a system. And the idea is, is you can use these weights to add and subtract and fish lighter or heavier setups based on what you're putting on the float and get that float to still track correctly in the current and suck under the water perfectly like you want it to when a fish tugs on it so i'm super freaking excited about it i love these floats there's some other attributes that we worked on obviously you have the line that goes through the side which was a forest shields idea we're never going to take that away from him shout out to that nope. little man good, out there somewhere idea. in the world but yeah, we're super excited about it, and I know you guys are as well. So we came out with two colors, which is cool. We're going to do like a chartreuse, bright, bright chartreuse yellow top, and then also like a hot pink I will top. like that because when we're in the raft situation and I'm going two clients down there, I, I mean, it happens enough to where it's kind of silly. Like where one guy's bobber will go down, he thinks, I mean, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it will be kind You're of like, cool. bobber down, bobber down, down. They, both, they both swing. Yeah. Everybody yeah. Everybody said the hook. Yeah, just everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hook sets are free. Go pink bobber, pink bobber. Yeah, it's gonna no, be perfect. <laughs> it will be. Uh, it will be kind of funny because I'll, I'll be rigging it up that way for sure. So shout out to a lot of retailers out there in the Northwest and hopefully across the rest of the country and that Canada. are going to be bringing and Canada. And Canada. Shout hey, out you. to you know Sportsman's Warehouse, Bob's, Cabela's. in Longview, Cabela's. I think is going to be bringing some stuff in Fisherman's Marine and Outdoor, which we have some seminars coming up in the future, and actually we have some seminars at Bob's coming up and and Sportsman. So shout out to all those retailers. We appreciate you purchasing our products, and we'll be supporting you in any way we can so we appreciate Absolutely. it absolutely and like you said sorry for the sales pitch guys but it's just been a while and there's been some exciting stuff that we just got to talk about well and it ain't a sales pitch if you addicts want to know about it which we know you guys yeah do, because so. if i the next guy who asks me about a bobber yeah <laughs> they're gonna get exactly. 15 links in their well, face and i think that's kind of the cool thing about what we've built over the years is is i think a lot of the addicts out there understand that we're not we're trying to build 
that we want to use too. Right. Like I mean, we're, we're using, we're literally out here making products so we can use them as well because we exactly. want to improve our fisheries. And I think that's what makes it cool and unique is we're not trying to sales pitch you guys. Yeah, there's going to be times that I'm trying to sell you, but if I am selling you, I promise you it's on something that I really love yeah. and use and like. So We've had many, many opportunities over the years to do lots and lots of other stuff with companies that we just, with products we just did not believe in. Yeah. And honestly, there ain't a price on that, so that's what's, oh. what's been real nice about it. All right, enough of that jazz, but be, remember, July 31st, mark that in your calendar. Hopefully, Clint has this podcast out before then, but let's no, talk Louis 10, dude. Let's Louis talk Louis. Let's start. It. Let's start a... The number one question, I'm just going to start off with yeah. that because we have to talk about it when it involves a lot of safety situation is, can I take my little boat to Bowie 10? Well, how big make that fun of you for having a little boat or whatever because that's just rude and stupid because I see little boats slay fish even more than $100,000 guide sleds yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's a very common question because a lot of people don't understand, um, you know, whether or not they can, like I said, take their 18-foot sled, their 14-foot smoker craft, their 25-foot freaking ocean-going vessel, whatever it is. And uh, honestly, it's not about the size of the boat, right? It's not about the size of the boat. It's about how you use it. <laughs> it's about the motion of the ocean. That's even, oh, yes. Both of those yeah. yeah, there are times where, you know what I mean? Shoot, there are times where it's flat, slick as this linoleum floor that we're freaking standing on right now. And there's times Dude, that it can absolutely be hard. This is wheels. concrete, bud. Concrete, whatever. <laughs> flat. You get it. Greasy, Wait, slick. Quickly. Oh, gosh. We never said hi to YouTube. Shout out to hey YouTube. Guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know there's a lot of you guys that are watching this on YouTube, and we Cheers, appreciate bud. you tuning in. Can't really do that now. Okay. Anyways. Okay. But no, like I said, so like the small boat factor. And the bottom line when it comes to the small boat factor is that if you're asking that question, you're generally not asking the right question, which is, okay, what kind of conditions? Because like I said, those those tides and those winds, and there's a lot of stuff that literally can flip on a switch where it's flat glass 20 minutes and it's rolling swell, steep swell. I see it happen. It's right. crazy. Yeah. 10 minutes later and it's because a lot of it has to do with which way the currents are flowing and which way the wind's going whether it's an east wind a south wind or the kind of the prevailing northwest wind or it's an incoming and outgoing current and the long and short of it is is that if you have an outgoing current that's flowing hard and wind that's running against it that's where you get your big chop and your big swell especially in those long areas like kind of below the bridge where the wind has a long time to push on the water that's what builds waves up right so having an understanding of like okay i got a forecast it's outgoing tide in the morning but then it's incoming tide in the afternoon starting at 11. well there's supposed to be an afternoon breeze today it's sunny it's nice we can probably bet on it northwest afternoon wind but it's an incoming tide so it's probably not going to get that big just on the account that the tide will be flowing with the wind it can get choppy but it's not going to get dangerous choppy right however you take that tide and it has that same wind but the tides are flipped where it's an outgoing tide in the afternoon and it's running against it, it can be five footers, especially like below the Astoria Bridge. And if you're trying to get back to like these lower river ports like Hammond, Iwako, Chinook, skipping on, um, and you have to fight your way down, like you heard of a great Chinook bite above the bridge and you ran up there and it was flat, calm, beautiful, and at noon you decided to head back and you get yourself in trouble. And I've heard that story hundreds of times in that fishery down there. So knowing where to launch, knowing where you need to get back to when the conditions could be bad, understanding what your, the capabilities are, are of your boat, um, 
you know, all play factors. Because there's guys that will launch 13-foot smoker crafts probably every day of the season down there, depending on where they launch and depending how far they go, depending where, where they're willing to go, we'd probably be fine every single day down there. There's guys that will go down there and be in 25-foot sleds and just get their freaking butts kicked trying to get back to somewhere because they didn't understand that, oh, well, when that tide switched and this wind that's going on right now, it's going to make it huge and I have to get back to Chinook and I'm going to get slapped for it, right? You know, so at the end of the day, like, that's the biggest part of it. A couple things, you know, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of articles, a lot of literature out there too, but, you know, I'm just going to stress it right now. Go with a guide. It's a 40-square-mile fishery that changes every six hours with the tide, and it changes every day too. It's not just, you know, every tide is not the same because they always change in intensity whether they're increasing or decreasing with the moon phases, right? So one outgoing tide one day where it's a low and a little bit, oh, it didn't get too bad. The next day, a little more increase in that current and a little more increase in that wind. And like I said, it's it's hell on the water. You know. So like I said, go with the guy, get educated, understand the capabilities of your boat, go with a buddy boat, talk to experienced anglers down there. It, it's a great fishery. It's our Super Bowl, but I can't stress that enough that don't, if you're not familiar with a lot of the salmon fisheries around here and, you're not, and you don't have people that you can kind of talk to that have participated in that fishery that understand it, go with a guide, at least on your first day. There's a lot and of make guides. sure you ask the questions if you do want to know Correct. those things. Yeah. yeah. And ask your guide, too, if he's willing to kind of teach you those kind of stuff, too, yeah. because you're going you're gonna to want to know that because you can't get it. I mean, their boats go down in the river, in the estuary every single year because they just they get they're, they're under capable boats and they get caught in bad weather and you know it really gets kind of tricky when you get like south and east winds which aren't necessarily winds that we see a lot in that fishery but we do see them a couple days out of the month generally and they'll catch people off guard yeah quickly quickly so safety is paramount yeah. understanding your launch locations um, understanding you know big ebb tides staying away from maybe the lowest reaches of the estuary um Really important. So and really critically checking your forecasts. Yeah. Also, and I understanding mean, too that a forecast is just a forecast. The day before you're going, checking three or four or five times. I mean, right. that stuff. I always like to look quick. ahead. If you look a few days ahead, like at, you know, if say you're going to go Wednesday, if you look Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and kind of gauge, you can usually get a good Trends. idea. Exactly. Yeah, a trending, you know, positively trending forecast is you know generally better than the one that's. Oh, yeah, it's going to be crappy tomorrow. Well, that sneaks in a little earlier, yeah. you know. And also, like I said, understanding that because everyone's done it. Like everybody in that fishery has probably launched at some of those lower ports. They've ran above the bridge because they heard of a hot king bite. They stayed just a little too long because the bite was good. It got a little windy, but they didn't care because they were catching we fish. literally <laughs> this year rented a house in Warrington for when we go down there for my buddy's birthday that we go every year because we they always launch down in Hammond. And I always tell them, like, you guys are idiots. I launch... And they always they're always making that run down in that gnarly crap every but, time. But launching at Hammond like on a big incoming tide where you're gonna be targeting Coho on the buoy line and then the lower part and you got a big incoming tide that starts at six and ends at one, it's a great place to launch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now doing that, you know, when you have a strong evidence. From what I typically find at some point during the day you're ending up above the bridge. Yeah, you know, especially a little bit into the fishery. So, like, we've got some – actually, this year it's kind of backwards from the last two. We've got some big incoming tides on the first week where that's been kind of flip-flop. We've mm-hmm. had really good Chinook tides on the first week. But this week, this year does the seem year a little different. The year that we did good 
we had, I don't know if you remember, but we sat mega out. Mega incoming tides. We had mega incomings. And we sat out on that thing. And I remember you said, just wait. And as soon as it hit, it was like a triple. Like that quick, yeah. as soon as that tide came in. And guess what? I've been out in the ocean picking on them for about the last 30 days. And I tell you what, there's a freaking load of coho out there just waiting to come in. And I think, yeah, that buoy tent, that, and with, I'll, I'll give you guys a little love here. I mean, honestly, with the, if you had to be stuck to fish inside the river that August 1st through about 4th, you know, you'd probably sleep in a little bit. You know, you want to really target that second half of the incoming tide, and you want to make sure you're down the estuary. Are you? Do you think you'll just go out in the ocean? I will if it's flat. Yeah, I mean a lot. I mean, even the first week, it's kind of hard to say because we've had some wicked good August first openers, and we've had some scratchy ones. But the way the setup is this year, and how good the ocean fish, and I will say this too: like we were out in the ocean today. This is eight days before the buoy ten opener. I was only having to go to buoy four, which is basically like the bow, the bar boundary line where you can legally fish, and we were into fish right when we dropped in. Those fish are staging close. They're ready to go. They're, there's already eight, a big eight, tide. We'll pull them right in. The right size right already. In. Like the ones you filleted out on the counter this morning or this afternoon. Yeah, they look like fish that are about ready to pop into their home rivers. Yeah, they're not sure. They're, they definitely have grown up over the month. We've been. I mean, it's, it's been. What is today? It's twenty third. Yeah, it's 24th. been exactly open a month. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've been we've been hammering on them and shoot. We've had now we've had 15 days in a row with freaking limits on clients, and it's just been amazing good coho fishing. So I'm telling you, it. Uh, yeah, I can't say enough. But yeah, the, uh, that first week is going to be August show, and then or it's going to be a buoy ten show, and then as it gets into that second week after the sixth seventh, you start seeing those little weak ebb tides, and those are the ones you start really thinking about. You know, working some of the some of the uh, river channels, mm. bouncing some bottom. Yeah, because Chinooks love biting on the ebb tide, well, especially a weekend. Smash some Chinook along yeah. his bachelor party. Some big just where they take the ten and a half foot rod, just suck it down mm. into the water. Only two eyes out. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, you're going to be wanting to be focusing on that as you start to see those weaker ebb tides. Those tend to be the Chinook killers. Yeah, they call, they call them bathtub tides because even though it's it's ebbing out, it's not ebbing out that fast, and the Chinook just. Like I said, they really tend to bite on those. Yeah. They also, it also sucks them down to the bottom. So one of the conversations we didn't have in the live feed was diver versus lead. Yeah. And depending on, like I said, if you're buoy 10 lining, yeah, you can lead it, but divers work just as well. But, you know, when you start to focus on those ebb tides and you need to be, those fish are pushing down into the river channels. They're, they're coming off the flats. They're trying to find deeper water. They're sitting down in there, kind of tucked down. You need to have lead to bounce them up off the bottom. Um, that's a lot of times where they'll be. Yeah, 30, 40, 50 feet of water sometimes, and uh, that's where you're going to need that lead. So, but yeah, and then after that, we kind of turn back. I think around the fifteenth or so, we kind of turn back into some bigger incoming tides, and then it's going to be, a, I think, a mixed bag fishery. You're going to have chinooks that are going to probably be, be pushing in, and there's some really good bites there, like off the town of Chinook, Desdemona, like. That's going to be a really interesting week because you've got these nice incoming tides that are six, seven foot. Um, you're gonna have a good batch of coho. You're, I think you're gonna have coho throughout the fishery pretty much every day um, in there. But there's still opportunity for good chinook until they close it on the twentieth. Sweet. Well, it's gonna be fun. I cannot wait. Yeah. And one thing too, guys. You know, if you're a little bit apprehensive about fishing, you know, and getting down in there and getting started uh, a little sooner, you know, if you wait a little bit, you know, wait until about that third week. It does tend to be a little busier at the boat ramps and whatnot. But you know, a lot can be learned from just fishing down there when there's a lot of fish and there's a yeah. lot of people fishing, you know? Um, and then, of course, there's always for the guys that are really smart and they just wait till the Chinook fishery is over. They just go down there and target silvers in September. You'd see the most amazing fishing you're probably ever going to see. And you get 
pretty really good conditions that time of year. Really good conditions, big silvers. You yeah. get the bee run coming. It's the most under because it's crazy because August 20th, the difference between fishermen on August 20th and 21st, I bet on the 21st there'll be a third of the fishermen that will be there on the 20th. Yeah, but a lot of them are out doing other stuff, right? Like, I mean, well, uh, typically I'm fishing starts. like, there's yeah. well, there's hunting season that's going well, that's on. August. I mean, I'm but just, usually if I'm a fisherman, I'm just fishing upriver. I'm just chasing right. the Chinook. Right, but Tongue Point's closed this year, so you can't fish... Even after August, after August twentieth, you can't fish between Tongue Point and West Puget Island. So yeah, but you can fish above that. Yeah, you have to trailer and go up. And, and honestly, those fisheries, depending on what we get for fish and weather, I mean, the the low, below Warrior closes August twenty seventh, and Warrior to Bondal closes September eighth. Pending yeah, run updates on the tenth and twelfth. It's pretty now, but still, you'll be able to get them in there. You're going to be able oh, to catch them in there. I'll actually. That will be the one week. The probably from about the first of September to the eighth, I will come back. Yeah, I do have I have a group of Chinook snobs that <laughs> only want Chinook, and so we will yeah. be. I'll be coming back, but trust me, man. Right after that eighth closure, the after all these Chinook closures, the river will still remain open for two hatchery silvers, and there are talks, pretty strong, pretty confident talks that if we don't kind of go over our Chinook impacts, that if we kind of stay within reason, that there will be increases to the Chinook hatchery limits in the Columbia River. Uh, you know, three and maybe even four per person. It's, and then that was talked about at North of Falcon meeting. What's and, depending on show, what shows so up first? The fisheries are set right now to where we, 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 we reach our Chinook impact by like, let's just take buoy 10, for example, to August 20th. And then after that, it'll open up for two coho. And there's enough Chinook impact left over to, to warrant that fishery for coho after it closes. Because even though it's closed, we still handle and kill a few Chinook. Right. If we don't, if the season was set correctly, and this year they actually applied buffers, but we'll get into that for another conversation later. But if there's enough fish left over after the August 20th, where they can be like, oh, well, if we increase the limit this much, that means fishermen will stay a little longer on the water. So that means we will handle a few more Chinook. There has to be those impacts open to open up that little piece of extra limit. Right. Right. So as long as it's within the reason of that, they can do that. And they do want to kill these hatchery fish. Like, you know, there is a lot of hatchery Chinook this year. Hatchery Chinook are meant for the dinner table. So at the end of the day, if there's opportunity there, we need to whack them. Yeah. So they are looking at that real hard. And the joke at, the joke at some of the meetings was, oh, we can raise it to three or four or 42. It's not going to matter this year. But what we're seeing out in the ocean, I don't think it is. I think it's going to be real good. Crazy. Yeah. So underutilized, undertapped fishery. Second, third week of September in Astoria, it's absolutely crazy. It's, it can be just as good as August, if not better. If not better. And the silvers are big. Well, I'll be there. Heck yeah. It'll be so fun. <laughs> we'll do addicted life videos where we'll just be fishing bobbers in the underneath the Astoria Bridge again. Wait, you said the third week? Third week of September? Second week of September for us. We'll be, uh, we'll be twitching silvers. Further north. We'll be twitching silvers. Yeah. Getting our twitching warmed up for October. Mm. With our special twitching rods. Here. That's right. Ooh. And speaking Ooh. of that, and, and then as you go as you go a little further past Bowie 10, some of the Southwest Washington tributaries opened up for four coho per person already set. Yeah. Twitching is going to be a bloodbath. The river will run red. <laughs> oh my God. Just, just so happy. And that's oh. going to probably get raised to six at some point, like they always do. I bet you anything, dude. Well, yeah. Especially was, in some was. of these smaller trips, like they raised it to six multiple years where there was, you could right. keep six. Right. I think, you know, I don't. I they don't, start getting tons of them back to the hatchery and we're not catching them, they'll be like six. They'll, they will raise yeah. it. But I think it's pretty cool that they had a preemptive 
already ra let's just raise it to four right now because they're gonna get their fish. That's, that's pretty cool. Freaking insane. About time. You know, that's all I gotta say. Oh, it's last gonna be so years, fun. Last twitching. couple of years, it's been me, really tough. Me, I mean, not not twitching wise, because two years ago twitching was incredible, but last year it was a little skinny. Ain't gonna lie, we had some good days, but they were. It, it was few and far between. It's gonna be insane this year. Oh my god, I can't even wait. Yeah, yeah. When are you coming so down? So you're coming much. down to Buoy Ten, then what? So what dates? Are you I'm there down? the so the first it opens. So I'll be there that weekend. Okay. For Sean's birthday. And oh, that's then, not all. Okay, I thought Sean's was the ninth through the thirteenth. No, that's Lonnie's bachelor. Oh. So then that next weekend I'll be there for Lonnie's bachelor. Sick. And good, then good place the, to have bachelor and then parties I will and birthdays be in Alaska that weekend after that. Oh, that's right. Gonna go get eaten by bears and mosquitoes. Shh, can't talk about it yet. No mosquitoes. Still a secret trip. Just bears. Oh, the addicts don't get to know about it. Yeah, Stay you. tuned for that, though, guys. There's some crazy things <laughs> happening. Anywho, so let's talk about. Yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff. Like, let's break down like a little bit on the gear here. Like, I know you like you were you were talking about the nine six. What is it? Fifteen to forty, right? Yeah. So for those guys that are gearing up and thinking about it, and, you know, want to have a a very estuary buoy ten centric rod that can handle some big B run coho schnooks and some of the, even some of the smaller silvers that well we were getting but they're growing every and day. handle the weight that you need to use sometimes and down exactly. there exactly handle a diver and a weight there is no better rod than the nine sixty two xh Akuma Guide Select Classic it's just got the right bend it's got the right amount of power that you can still run a diver how many years have you been using them three since I, they have came you out. broke any I've never broke one of those no. See that's pretty yep. impressive. And the only one, and the only one that I have broke was a ten sixty two XH. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. And that was because the guy reached up and grabbed his ball, and I told oh, him I let line out, and, down he, and he was a big. I mean, uh, he was a big boy. He was probably pushing four, and he just reached up and grabbed the ball. I'm like, oh, control your lead and hold on to it. And he didn't like let line out of the reel, so he had thumbed on the reel, and the and he just high stick just. Boom! It sounded like a gunshot went oh off. Oh my god! Like, I probably wanted to let a little light out on that one, bud. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, nope. In the acts of fishing, I've done two years down there at Buoy Ten, and and I haven't had a broken rod. This will be my third year with the Akuma Guide Select Classics. I can't say that for every other manufacturer I've used down there. Every single year I've used, I'd at least have a couple breakage. Yeah, and on takedowns or just rod handling, just like just rod handling and like big fish. Yeah, you know, guys maybe swinging on a fish that they probably shouldn't. Have. But I mean, I see that every year. I mean, every year. I mean, every year you got to think we average probably. I'll probably end up taking somewhere between a hundred and fifty and two hundred anglers down there in the thirty days we're down there, just because we an average of you know four to six people a day, thirty days. And so yeah, you see the same, just stupid every freaking every every year. Mm -hmm. Some rods just survive better than others. Yeah. yeah. That's really impressive, though. And then you like line counter, right? So you're using oh, a line yeah, counter. Line counter. Gotta have. I mean, yeah, even even out in the ocean, anything like that. The, and the Kuma just came out with it. I mean, the verdict's still out on because I've only been running them about three months. Um, and obviously, you know, we were just doing some light steelhead stuff with that. But I've yeah. had them in the ocean for a month. I have zero issues, but the Akuma new stainless steel. Yeah, the SS, which the I, SS. they look sick. They're all blacked out. And, yep, nope. But I still have about six of my raw. I have like six. I, I basically just moved my old ones to a couple of my steelhead rods and then four of my kokanee rods and then i put the ss's on my salmon rods right i mean and honestly and you know what was funny i was talking to a buddy about that today he goes what reels you know running out I'm like i'm running the ss he goes well why he goes even though you're fishing salt water i mean there's such a great warranty on the low pros and they don't ever break anyways why would you do that 
Like literally, because that reel was so good, why even update to the SS? Yeah, that's like, what you said. And I kind of sat there and went, huh, good point. <laughs> crazy. But no, great quality reel, live counters are Because they look sick. What's that? I upgraded mine because they look oh, sick. Oh, just so you can murder They're them. They're very fancy. Yep. Very murder fancy. out your flat bill and your This ain't pen. flat. This is freaking. Come on, man. This is curved as it you gets, gotta murder bro. Your boat. You got to murder, murder your boat out, too. It already kind of It's is. pretty black, yeah. Murder. Murder, bro. <laughs> murder, bro. But no, I mean, for those guys wondering, too, and then, of course, you know, obviously the standard issue, you know, short bus triangle flashers will get it done. Pick your preference. Pick your colors. I prefer a lot of chrome in the stuff that I use, but blue twisted aurora is always good. If you made me pick one, that'd be one one I'd pick. But any of the chromes, golds, anything flashy, early mornings, high contrast stuff. You know, make sure to load up on a few like whites and blacks just to. And I'm talking like in the first hour that it's cracking light. Like basically, what I would do up. if I was you is I'd go over to Shortbus's website and buy one of everything. That's like 800 flashes, <laughs> all with great names. He literally has some of the most funny names. He has going, like just going to his website and looking at his names of his flashes is worth it. Head over to yeah, JT's it's, website. It's definitely, even like, if you don't buy any, which you'll probably end up getting sucked into buying a couple because you'll be like, "Man, these look amazing." But he's got like morning wood and like golden shower, <laughs> like some just hilarious <laughs> I mean, I don't, stuff. I don't, I don't get it. But no, he's got it's... some other. What's what's one of the other ones you're uh -uh. talking about? Say it. What no. is it? No, I know one that I don't think he should have on there. Sweet I'm not say Annie it. or something. What is it? Sweet Abby? No. It's not a bad one. No, he's got like no, a... No, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to his website. Oh, <laughs> my that gosh. Is but yeah, guys. No, I'm you. not going to do it. I'm going to make you guys go to his website. Just go read his flashers. They're hilarious. And Comment buy a couple on of this YouTube, which is the most vulgar one he has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And then about, what about bait? Are you using no, anchovies? But 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 make sure that there are certain times of the year that you pack your three sixties down there. Make sure you have your three sixties just ready to go because there are tides and times where especially like, are you last talking year, like a three fifty seven revolver for what for sea lions three sixty super series bro oh flasher the flasher three sixty we're still talking about flashers you want to talk about bait last year I was fishing with Lonnie and Sean. And I put out one 360 flasher out the back, and I was still running four triangles with five dudes in the boat. And every fish came on the 360. And I have no idea how or why or what, but it was I was pretty ideas. surprised. I've got some ideas, but I mean, yeah, they're. But like I said, and even within within my little guide click down there, there was a couple guys running 360, and they would just mop us triangle guys up for a couple days but then the tides would change a little bit mm -hmm. and then we would start and we would be at the buoy 10 line just stroke and double triple and those guys would be looking at us like what the hell is going on and sometimes i think the water gets a little too fast and it, you know like under the right time right situation so know? current speed and how current fast speed, that I thing's think, spinning I think just and all pay that attention. so just play with them pay go down there with both speed. you think go down with both then Absolutely, and then you know, honestly, too, and what uh, what I what I did a little bit last year on the days, and last year we had to work for fish down there. Like, you know, there were some tougher tides and tougher bites that, you know, there wasn't a billion fish down there last year, so we had to work for them. And I would just use my 18-inch bumpers that I was using on my triangles, but I would just clip into my 360s if I wanted to switch fast, just to kind of try something in a couple days. I'd switch in, hammer a few fish, and oh, okay, that's what we need to do, and then I'd pull out some actual 360 setups and. 
and uh, a couple of fish would like tip me off to it, and then I'd switch out to that and do really well. You know, on days that people weren't doing really well. Yeah. So have them both. Have them both. That's cool. Yep. Yep. I will probably not have both. Probably just have triangles. And you will not have it. both. What a slacker. <laughs> That's a lie, too. Dude, old school. No flasher. Yeah. Well, just that bait. too, right? Just bounce bait on the bottom, baby. <laughs> That's my So my rod, if we're into a bait bite and a big schnook bite, I don't run a flasher on my rod. Never. I like to run, and I do that a lot, too, but I just run a spinner all by itself. Yeah, or the, yeah, yeah. the token spinner out the yeah, back. Yeah, I love to do that. Actually, or I run one of these, which is what I'm bringing right now for those of you guys that uh, can't see. Uh, super baits. I just got super baits. I'm literally originals. A bunch right here on YouTube. All original, no mates, huh? Well, right now out in the no ocean, cuts. the fish are eating big baits, mm -hmm. and we just got done filming two days. Of TJ, I had TJ Hester come down. He wanted to just fish the ocean for a couple days, so we filmed a, a two-part episode: bait versus super bait out in the ocean. And uh, you're gonna have to go and see if it's out on our YouTube channel. It's probably not yet. Which is probably not yet. It might be though. You never know. But uh, go check it out to see which one won. Because we filmed one day straight anchovy bite and one day with nothing but original supers. But I'll say this. Coincidentally, I'm sitting here rigging more supers. Hmm. <laughs> <George>. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. It might be worth your time. So. You podcast listeners always get the exclusive first look at a lot of things. So thanks so much for tuning in. I don't know how that happens. I think it's just a natural conversation we Right. Screw up and tell you stuff that we don't mean to. Yeah, you know, whatever. Jordan has his mic dropping right now. If you guys couldn't see, he's sitting here playing with it. Sitting here playing with his mic. So what about so? What about herring, anchovy? What do you? What's your preference? I'm an anchovy guy, and even last year I was kind of surprised because last year there was no anchovy, and me being stubborn and stupid and whatever, I'm like, well. I'm just looking to fish anchovy. And I thought, oh, I might be shooting myself in the foot because all there was in the edge, there was no anchovy. Like, they were all here. Like, they just were not there. And uh, thought that the fish would care. They didn't. They didn't. They loved the anchovy just as much as they did every other freaking yeah. day. So, And, I mean, the idea behind that was, it's just like, okay, I like using anchovy because I like matching the hatch down there. But then when it switched to a different hatch, I still fished anchovy and still did well. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Um, yeah. That Josh, all like Josh is all about herring, and he does well. On right. Silver, stinky, and moving. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably at some point in time. I'm sure those fish were macking on some anchovy. You know, and I'm sure like they're still instinctively driven to freaking. Oh, they see yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so at the end of the day, it's probably a little more about getting. Just something. like when they get up in the river, they're instinctively thinking there's like a squid or something moving in their face, and they kill it. Right. Oh, I hear you. So, no, I think, you know, I, yeah, like you said, like Jordan said, big, fishy, stinky, flashy, yeah. movie, dying uh, is, is the way to go. So, if you had to pick one week for people to head down there and fish, what would you oh, pick? Oh, give me, I'll, I don't know the exact dates. I would say... Third week of August? I would say somewhere between, like, the 10th and the 17th was what... Don't hold me to those dates. No. Maybe it was like the ninth or the eighth. It might be a little sooner than that. That's like the week for Chinook. Yeah. Um, but there will be like you said, way way caught. into the end of the season. What's that? Just way into September, people are going to be murdering them. Yeah, and and there'll be guys that will smash limits on August first this year. They'll be there. Yeah, they'll be there. 
Um, actually, Kevin Gray on Live Feed said that they're already seeing some Bonneville, um, so some of the pit tag stuff that's going over Bonneville Dam is already registering as Fall Chinook. That's which crazy. Is really good to hear and really good to see. So, I remember there was a couple years where me and Lonnie would go out August 1st, freaking go out on our freaking boat, drop anchor and drop wallers out and get two fish yep. every single year. Yep, there was. I remember that. That might happen this year. You'd steal my spot, you freaking Ooh, triple jerk. Triple setups. We should hey, that's what got us here. That's what got us here. You, you, <laughs> steal, you steal my early August Waller spot. So oh, what, uh, what other buoy tents? you want to cover any other thing? Buoy 10 here? We want to kind of you wrap know, this podcast be, up. We're going to be talking a lot about buoy 10 over the next couple of weeks on the live feeds and on this. But I think, you know, for the guys that are, like I said, I can't stress enough, you know, for the guys that are planning on doing it, be safe. And, and you know, like go – I'll say it again. Go with a guide. And like I said, don't – I don't have any seats open. So I'm not saying this just like for my old like, oh, yeah, go with me because, well, whatever. But if you even have a question or you need to find a guide to go, email me at gonecatchin at gmail.com. I'll get you to somebody that I know. I work with a great network of guides down there, addicted guides and not addicted guides. But we work with a great network of good people, good fishermen down there that fish down there a lot. Um, I'm telling you what. Shoot me an email at gonecatchin at gmail.com and I will try to do my best to get you out with one of those guys. And they don't and they have few and far few and you know spots in between too. So it's not um, you know, yeah. like I said, this is the Super Bowl, this is the time of year to do it, but you know, when you run that many people, people cancel, stuff happens. So yeah, let me know and, and, and do you it. Can at least get on the wait list. Well, yeah, I mean like, you know, I saw one comment on the live feed. It was like, oh, I'm going with Swanson one day, and then, then I'm going by myself, you know, in my boat the next three days. Smartest investment he could make. Or he could spend three or four days trying to figure out where to be, when to be, with this tide, what bait, how fast to troll, where to troll, bottom, top, diver, lead. Or he can go pay fair a couple hundred bucks, learn that, and then enjoy the next three or four days he's down there for a vacation Except on his own. Except he won't because the next three or four days will change, and then he'll be like, what did I do the first day? They'll change a There's been bit. so many times where I've been fishing with you and then been like, all right, sweet, we're going out the next day. And everything's different. The yeah. fish are not the same channel. The, yeah, it, it's but like, you, but, 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 okay, would you rather go with the No, I think you're right. No, I, I'm talking if you're trying to learn the fishery, but I wouldn't use it as a gauge of like if you go with the guy the next day, you're just going to go smash fish yourself the next three days because that ain't how it works. No, because there's cadence on like how fast you're trolling, when you're trolling. With, yeah. I mean, like there's stuff like that that you have to kind of have your own ability. Well, what I noticed that the fish like move, <laughs> like they just they move, move a little around. further up and down the channels, right? Yeah. You can talk to your guide about that, like what he's expecting to see in the next few days. Because that's the a good part, idea, and that's does, the biggest key, right? Is asking him, talking to him, and yeah. let him know that the you want to know. The tides change every day, and some days, and, and they, but they don't change that much you yeah. know um you know they change an hour in time about 50 minutes and then they also change in your know, their intensity a little bit every day but you can sometimes get on you know we get on like three or four day patterns where you know it's just a little later in the day when yeah. something occurs and uh-huh. you kind of do that so it, well, it's worth it's it's worth the time worth the money sweet all right guys well thanks so much for tuning in we appreciate it if you're on youtube do not forget to tap that subscribe button please go head over watch all of our little addicted lives that we've been putting out every single sunday some really cool episodes who watching has seen the tarpon episode if you have not head over to addicted life and watch that tarpon episode it is freaking epic (laughs) i'm gonna probably watch it again probably tonight it's freaking epic Uh, and then do not forget july 31st addicted alaska 2 winter chrome blend we'll be releasing that on the youtube channel we'll have to do a a party party like here yep 
afterward that'd be so fun yeah it's gonna be, have to be a party that night so make sure you guys stay tuned for that and yeah if you are on spotify itunes or all those little areas please drop a review for us leave us a review it'd be appreciated if it was a five-star review you know just leave us a good one drop a comment let people know why you listen to the addicted fishing podcast that helps other people kind of discover it and and hang out with us so thanks so much for tuning in guys it we'll see you on the river so long till the next time this podcast goes out i promise yeah, he's Sorry, promising guys. he's making a promise he can't stick to <laughs> see you yes. on the river